Take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. Acts chapter 3. We've got quite a bit of reading that we want to do this morning. and Normally don't try to read this much, uh, but because of chapter 3 and chapter 4 going together, we're going to be reading most of chapter 3 and part of chapter 4. We find here a very familiar portion of Scripture. We find chapter 3, begin reading verse 1, says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up, stood and walked and entered, entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was, the, was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran to, together unto them, in the porch that is called Solomon's great, Solomon's greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our power or holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye, believe, whom ye delivered up and denied denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name through faith in, this, in his name hath made this man strong, whom ye see and, and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath, he, uh, hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I want, that, I want that through ignorance ye did it, as did also your rulers. But those things which God before have showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of of the Lord. Then look with me over in chapter 4. This is a continuation of chapter 3. You've got to realize that there was not the chapter breaks when this was written. It says, And as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide. 
Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about five thousand. And it came to pass on the, mor- on the morrow that their rulers and elders and the scribes and Ananias the high priest and Ca- Caiaphas and John and Alexander, as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked them, By what power or by what name have ye done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you. This is a stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed, Standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them, because of the people for all men glorified God for that which was done. If you look back in verse 16, be our text this morning, it says, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that, that indeed a notable miracle hath been done. By them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. And notice what they said here. And we cannot deny it. I'd like to preach a message. A change you cannot deny. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning asking that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, that you might be lifted up, that you might be magnified in everything that's been said and done. Lord, we thank you for the the songs that were sung. We thank you, Lord, for the blessings that they are. But now, Lord, I pray as we come to the word of God, may it feed our souls. May it stir our hearts. May it move us beyond ourselves. May we look at this change and may we not deny Lord, the change that is made through Jesus Christ. And Lord, if there's someone here today that doesn't know Christ as their Savior, don't know if they, if they was to die today that they'd go to heaven, Lord, I pray that this might be the day that they'd come and let us take a Bible and show them how to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior so that they might have eternal life. And Lord, every Christian here, Lord, I pray that we would be stirred as John and Peter were to take forth and give that which you've given us to give, Lord, to show others Jesus Christ. For this we ask and pray in Jesus' name, amen. You be seated. Well, we find here that 
as much as the priest wanted to, as much as they wanted to deny, and as the Sadducees and the other leaders wanted to deny that there had been a change in this man's life, that his that he had been strengthened and that he had been that he had never walked and now he's walking, that as much as they wanted to deny that the miracle was done. And because of what John and Peter said, that it was through Jesus Christ is the reason that they wanted to deny it, because they were guilty of having Jesus Christ crucified. They didn't want them to, to be preaching and telling people that it was Jesus Christ that had healed this man and given him strength in his, in his feet and in his legs that he might get up. He had never walked a day in his life before. He'd sit there at the gate beautiful. They would take him daily. They would set him down in front of that gate and he would sit there and he would, whether he had a cup or whatever he had, or he, he would beg for alms, for money, for something to live on. His whole life, this is all he had. To sit there and beg. He had never walked a single day. And now the people see him. They see him standing they had seen him for years, day after day after day after day at the gate beautiful. And, and now they see him standing and walking and laughing and jumping and excited and praising God. But the leaders, they didn't want to admit that it was Jesus Christ who had done it. But they couldn't deny it. They couldn't deny what had taken place because it was such a great miracle that had taken place there. For this man, it began with a physical change, a change in his life, a physical change. Look in verse 6 and 7, it says then of Acts chapter 3. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And notice what it says, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. There was a physical change in his life. You say, preacher, I don't quite get that. Okay, let me, let me do it this way. Come here, boy. Here's my crippled man. Get down there. They had brought him in and set him as they normally would. And Peter and John came. Come here, Matt. As they was walking in... He asked of alms. Put out your hand like you're asking for alms. You, you know the story. Okay. And asking for alms. And Peter looks at him. He says, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give unto thee. And he reaches down. And he takes him and he pulls him up. His feet are, 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 are strengthened. His legs are strengthened. This is the first time this man has ever stood on his feet. You know what he did? What did he do? <laughs> he began to jump he be, and then what else did he do he praised God he said glory to God hallelujah man. I can walk I can. he was excited y'all sitting here like you wouldn't get excited let me show you how that was done whoa Wow, I can walk. Look at this. I can walk. Thank you, God. Thank you. Wow, I can walk. I can run. Wow, look at that. Woo. And he, he ran up and he grabbed them both. And he was praising God. 
You know, we sit here, we read the Bible. And we don't realize this is real. This man had never walked. He had never run. He had never stood in his life. He knew what it was now. He knew that he had been healed physically. Can you imagine? For the first time, the change. He had watched everything in life from this level. He watched people walk by thinking, look at their feet. Look at their legs moving, bending their knees. He would see the little kids running. He'd see them jumping. As a child, he'd seen all these things take place and never, except from the womb, from the womb, he could never walk. And now, he's been changed. A change in his life. Many today, they think that the answer to life is silver and gold. This man, that's all he knew. Silver and gold. Money. That he could live. That he could go through life. You see, many think if you have wealth, that's all you need. You can get all that you want. But my friend, it's not. Wealth doesn't solve the greatest problem. Only Jesus Christ can solve that problem. Even though Peter didn't have silver, he didn't have gold to give this man, he did have what was needed for this man. It was Jesus Christ. Can I tell you... This world offers all kinds of things. Offers fame. Offers popularity. Offers money. Offers all kinds of things. But it never solves the greatest need that you have. I just went to two funerals within a week of one another. All the money in the world couldn't solve their problem. All the gold in the world couldn't solve their problem. My aunt, Janine's aunt, died with cancer. She had doctors. They had good insurance. My uncle worked for the railroad. Had a, he retired from the railroad. Retired with a good pension. Had a farm. Money wasn't the problem. Problem was cancer. It wasn't that they didn't have a good house, they had a nice house. It wasn't that they couldn't find the doctors. They had lots of doctors in Springfield. But you see, we think that money can solve everything. But the greatest need in our life is not even a physical need, it's a spiritual need. And only Jesus Christ can take care of that. Only Jesus Christ can meet that need in our lives. Peter said, that which I have, I'll give to you. He said, I don't have the silver. I don't have the gold. But I've got something better. Christian, listen to me for a moment. 
You have something that's worth more than silver and gold if you have Jesus Christ. You have something that cannot be bought, that cannot be sold. If you have Jesus Christ as your Savior. We have within us Jesus Christ. If we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, He dwells within us. Peter and John, as they came before this man, they, they, uh, 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 they offered him something better than silver and gold. They offered him Jesus Christ. And when he heard that name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he had heard about Jesus Christ. He had heard about what Jesus Christ had done in the hearts and lives of others. He had heard, no doubt, that Jesus Christ was, that claimed to be the Messiah, that he claimed to be the Son of God, but he had been crucified. Now, he's being offered Jesus Christ. He received Jesus Christ that day. And the first change was a physical change in this man's life. That's not necessarily the case in everybody. But it was a, a change in his life, not just for him, but for others to see that Jesus Christ does all things, and he does all things well. And he saved this man. You see, notice there, there was a change, not just a physical, but there was a change spiritually. Look at verse 8 and 9 of chapter 3. It says, And he, leaping up and stood, walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping, and notice this, praising God. Amen. Praising God. Praising God. Verse 9, And all the people saw him walking and what? Praising God. Praising God. Come back up here, guys. I'll be, I'll, be the, I'll be the leper. It says he went, he went into the temple with them. He hung on to them, man. He wasn't about to turn loose of them. But he wasn't praising Peter and he wasn't praising John. He didn't say, look what they did for me. Look at these guys. Man, they are something. Man, I tell you, they're good. Quit walking on my feet. I have no trouble walking on. Praising God. He was praising the Lord. He said, look what God did for me. God is so good to me. He, I can walk. I, and he was jumping and he was praising God. He got more than just a physical change. He got a spiritual change. You see, sitting there, he was sitting week after week after week after week after week. He sat at the, the gate called Beautiful. Where's that gate at, preacher? It's the gate going into the temple. Guess what? This man had never entered the temple. So how do you know? By Levitical law, he was considered unclean. And he could not enter the temple. But now, he can walk. He can run. What's the first thing he does? He goes into the temple. And he praises God. He didn't blame God. He didn't get mad at God. He was praising God. He finally found the Lord. Or might I say the Lord found him. So there was a spiritual change in his life. You can, see, you can tell it by... Not just the fact they was walking. That was a physical change. But there was a spiritual change. As he began to brag on the Lord, as he began to praise the Lord, that change brought forth worship and praise unto the Lord. Can I tell you something? 
If you know Jesus Christ, your Savior, there ought to be something within you that wants to praise the Lord, that wants to lift Him up, that wants to magnify Him, that wants to worship Him. There's just got to be something in you. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, there's a change made spiritually in you. I'll be honest with you. Before I went to church, I'd sing the little songs, you know, sing the songs. And, boy, I'll be glad when we get out. And, boy, I'll tell you what, now when I got saved, it was different. When I received Jesus Christ as my Savior, there was a difference inside me. I went to church because my friends went to church. I went to church because I knew it was the right thing to do. But when I got saved, then I wanted to be in church. Then I wanted to sing those songs. Then I wanted to talk about Jesus Christ. Then I wanted to talk about the rapture. Then I wanted to talk about the coming of the Lord. Then I wanted to talk about the Bible. Then I wanted to talk about how good God has been to me. There was a change spiritually. There was a change in this man spiritually. This change that took forth. People were watching and people could see it. You see, he knew it wasn't Peter and he knew it wasn't John that healed him. It was Jesus. Now he understood because of the change that Jesus, uh, that Jesus was the Son of God. Because they said that what I'm giving you is in Jesus Christ. They pointed this man to Jesus Christ. Christian, let me tell you something. Every Christian in this room, we better wake up and start pointing people to Jesus Christ. It's not the church. It's not our good works. It's not our abilities. It's not the name over the door. But it's Jesus Christ. And oh, how we need to be bringing people to Jesus Christ. Because He is the one that can make the change in their life. The change that needs to be made. The change that they so desperately need in their lives. Not just a physical change, but a spiritual change so that they might have eternal life. This man no doubt had heard about Jesus Christ, but now he was changed. He was changed. There was a man that, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who know about Jesus. I'll get to this other man in a minute. But there's a, there's a lot of people... Who know about Jesus? This man knew about Jesus. He had heard about him. I mean, you couldn't be around Jerusalem and not hear about Jesus Christ. This man knew about him. Can I say there's a lot of people today that know about Jesus Christ? There's a lot of people sitting in churches that know about Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people who say, yeah, I know who Jesus Christ is. Oh, yeah, he's, and they may even say that he's the son of God. There's a lot of people who know about him. But there's a lot of those same people who don't know him who have never been changed, who have never received Him as Savior. They've never humbled themselves to receive Him as Savior. Therefore, their whole life is about the alms, about the silver, about the gold, about what they can get in this life. I'm going to tell you something. When you get saved, there's, there's more about the next life than there is about this life. When you really, truly get born again, it's not about the silver and gold. Yeah, I understand we got to make a living. Yeah, I understand that it's nice to have a nice car. Yeah, I understand it's nice to have a nice house. I understand all those things. But your life is not wrapped up, shouldn't be wrapped up in those things. Your life should be wrapped up in the Lord Jesus Christ who made the change within your life and saved your soul. There's a lot of people today. They can name the name of Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. As their Savior. This man knew about Jesus, but he had never received Jesus Christ as his Savior. Only Jesus can make that change in your life and save your soul. Look over in Acts chapter 4 with me, verse 7. When they had sent them in the midst, talking about Peter and John, they asked, By what power 
or for what name have you done this? They couldn't deny that there was a miracle. They said, so by what power? Where did you get the power to cause this man to walk? Where did you get the power to cause this man to stand? By what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, You rulers of the people and the elders of Israel. He addresses them directly to them. If we, if we this day be examined for the good deed done unto the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, he says, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This man wasn't changed by his own power. John Peter said, wasn't changed by our power. But he was changed by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ changed him physically, but he changed him spiritually. Many years ago, there was a man by the name of Mel Trotter. Mel Trotter was an alcoholic. He had a wife and a little child at one time. Mel Trotter would leave home for two to three weeks at a time and do nothing but drink. He was a drunk. He was an alcoholic. He would go on a big drinking binge and he would leave home and, and let his wife fend for herself and for, for, their, for their child. One day after about a two-week drunk and laying out in a gutter being drunk and everything, he finally staggers back home to find out that his two-year-old child had died. He wept and looked over and he swore, I'll never drink again. He even, he even thought about just taking his own life and committing suicide right then. He said, I'll never drink again. I've, I, I've, I've wasted my life with my child. It's all gone. And two hours later, Mel Trotter was drunk again. Mel Trotter couldn't stand himself, and he got on a train, went to Chicago. Got off the train in Chicago and wandering the streets, and such an alcoholic, he wanted the, the liquor again and sold his own shoes to buy some more liquor. Got drunk, standing in the snow, Standing in the rain, drunk, barefooted, he wandered into the Pacific Mission, Pacific Garden Mission there in Chicago. They fed him, set him down. He began to hear the gospel. After a little while, after a few days, Mel Trotter got saved. Mel Trotter stayed there in that mission for quite a while, and he was helping others. He began to grow in the Lord, 
God had made a change in his life. No longer was he drinking. No longer was he getting drunk. No longer was he an alco the alcoholic that he was. Mel Trotter, they found out that he was a smart man, a wise, a very, very, I'm not going to say wise, but a, a smart man in business. He began to help raise money for the mission and work with people. Some businessman decided to open up another mission. Mel Trotter, they, the man that was over the uh, uh, Pacific Mission there, Pacific Garden Mission there, they, he recommended Mel Trotter to be over it. They put Mel Trotter over the, that mission. Mel Trotter began to grow that mission and hundreds and hundreds of men and women began to get saved coming into that mission. His wife came and joined him and started a mission for women, teaching them to sow and helping them out of the, the throes of life, the ills of life. Mel Trotter was a changed man. Goes on, Mel Trotter started missions all across the United States until one day he died, had a heart attack and, and died. Mel Trotter at one time was a drunk that even sold the shoes off his feet for a drink. But Mel Trotter got changed. That change came not through a will of his own, not through his own strength, not through his own ability, but through Jesus Christ. Can I tell you this morning, it doesn't matter what is going on in your life, Jesus Christ is the answer. It doesn't matter whether you're lost or whether you're saved sitting here this morning, Jesus Christ can change all things in your life. He has the strength, he has the ability, and he wants to change, he wants to do a work in your heart and your life. It was a change in this man's life that there at that Gate beautiful that no one could deny that change in the lame man. Look in Acts chapter 4, verse 14. It's talking about the religious men standing there. And behold, the man which was healed standing with them. They could say nothing against it. In their very presence was this man standing that had been lame from birth. And he's standing in front of them. They can see him. And they could say nothing against it. It goes on and says, but when they had commanded him to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves. They said, well, man, we, we got to say something. We got to do something. This, we can't let him be preaching in the name of Jesus. What are we going to do? Can we tell him that this, this man is a liar? And they said, no, 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 he can't do that. Saying, what shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. Can I tell you something? There's some changes that is made in a person's life that cannot be denied when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. I'm not saying that you're going to be perfect. I'm not saying that you're never going to have problems. I'm just saying that there's going to be a change made in your life. A man by the name of John Newton. Many of you know who John Newton is. And no, he didn't come up with Fig Newton. <laughs> was changed. Many times we don't realize what God has done in hearts and lives. A change has been made. A 
a change that only people around you are going to see. John Newton wrote the song Amazing Grace. Listen to these words, Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear, the hours, the hour I first believed. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace has brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. Written by John Newton, a song that we all sing and that we all know. John Newton, when he was small, a child, his mom was a Christian, and she would teach him the Bible. And she would quote scriptures, and she would try to get him to memorize verses, but John Newton never got saved. John Newton was a rebel. John Newton's mother passed away, and John Newton ran off to be a sea captain at a very young age. At one time, he was, he was disciplined for deserting the ship. He later began to be a captain of a ship, and he began to be a captain of a slave trading ship. And he would sail the ship, and they would pick up slaves, and they would haul them across the world, and they would be sold. John Newton was a wicked wicked man, did many other vile and wicked things, until one night, I believe it was on March the 7th, no, March the 9th, forget the year, but on March the 9th, in the middle of the sea, God sent a storm, unlike any storm that John Newton had ever guided a ship through. He was down in his, in his, in his hold where he slept. And all of a sudden, through the rocking of the ship, it basically almost threw him out of, out of his bunk and, and, and awoke him. And he got up and, and he seen that this was a, 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 very, a, a very dangerous storm. One that could send him and his ship to the bottom of the sea. John Newton fell on his face. Remembering what his mom had taught him from the Word of God. And he called on Jesus Christ to forgive him of his sins and to be his Savior. To save him from eternal damnation. And to save him and his crewmen from destruction of that storm. The ship came through the storm. John Newton was slow in, in growing in the Lord. But eventually he began to grow in the Lord. His life was changed. John Newton in his day and time back in the 1700s became one of the greatest preachers in Britain that the English people have ever heard. Wrote hundreds of songs. And one of the songs that he wrote is Amazing Grace. A changed man. People were amazed at the change in John Newton. People were amazed at the change in this man at the gate beautiful. We find that there's a change and people get, that there's a change there. In fact, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. There's a change. 
It will amaze those around you. Look at verse 10 of chapter 3. It says, And they knew that, that it was he which sat at, for alms at the beautiful gate and the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. He was changed, and they were amazed. I'll be honest with you. Off and stand. Brother Jones, off and stand. Like, why would God save me? Why would God forgive me? Why would, after salvation, why would God put up with me? I'm amazed. I look at the lives of different ones around me and, and see the change that was made in their lives. I think of a man by the name of Bill Mounds that kept rejecting God and kept rejecting God and kept rejecting God and, and said, oh, I'll change one of these, I'll change one of these days, I'll change one of these days, moved away, and, and I didn't see him for several years. And I was sitting in a service up on the front row one time, and the Brother Parker got up and, and, and he said, oh, yes, and somebody had raised their hand in the back said, I would like to say something, and it was Bill Mounds. Bill Mounds got up. He said, I want to tell everybody. He said, I got saved. I remember a man by the name of John, John Hills. John Hills was an alcoholic. His wife went to the hospital to have their child. They, that child had some distress and problems. John fell down on his knees and asked God to forgive him, to save that child. John went home that night, went to the refrigerator, took every bit of liquor he had. He said, I broke the bottles. I poured them down the drain. I emptied every can, everything I had, never touched a drop. I remember seeing John come out of the choir one time, happy in the Lord, took his shoes off, clapped his shoes, and run around the auditorium shouting, praise the Lord. God had changed him. God had changed him. Amazed at what God can do in our hearts and lives. When we'll accept him as our Savior. I'm amazed at what he'll do with us as a Christian. So many times we don't realize what the Lord wants to do. The change, and I'm skipping over some of this, but got to move on. The change brought opportunity for other Christians to receive Christ. Somebody's watching you. Somebody's watching me. People know where you live, and they know when that car leaves on Sunday morning for you to go to church. People know how you treat others out in public. People know how you talk. People know how you act. And they're watching. In Acts 3, 19, it says, Repent, uh, Peter speaking, says, Repent you therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before, which before was preached unto you. He said, listen, you, we've been preaching Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ has been preaching. You've seen the change in this man. Now it's your turn to turn and receive Jesus Christ. You say, if you read on, you find that about 5,000 people got saved. 5,000. Read it. It's there. How did they get saved? They seen what took place in that man's life. People are watching how faithful you are to the Lord. People are watching how you talk. They're listening how, how, how you carry on a conversation, how you act around others. They're watching, and your life is the greatest testimony to them. You're the only Bible, whether it be a good Bible or a bad Bible, that many people will ever read in their life. They're watching. They're listening. We have the opportunity to point them to Jesus Christ. 
Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. We have the opportunity to introduce him to Jesus Christ. Like Peter and John, we shouldn't be ashamed to share Jesus Christ, Christian. Acts 4.18 says, and they, call, and they called them and commanded them not to speak at, at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hear, uh, to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have heard and seen. Peter and John said, Listen, we're not going to quit talking about Jesus Christ. Doesn't matter what you do to us, doesn't matter if you throw us into jail, doesn't matter if you tell us not to. We've got to share Jesus Christ. Amen. Christian, let me tell you something. We're coming into those times when people say, you can't, talk, you can't talk about Jesus. They're already trying to do that. You know what we got to do? we got to say, I, I can't help it. i got them can't help it. Say, what do you mean can't help it? I can't help but talk about him. Amen? Because of the change that he made in my life, I, I have to share that with others. Why, preacher? Because it's a change that I cannot deny. And people should look at your life and my life and they should see a change that cannot be denied. They see what Jesus can do in a heart and life. To live like the world, to act like the world, and to talk like the world as a Christian is denying what you have in Jesus Christ. My friend, do not deny. Do not deny what Jesus has done. Let's bow. Father, we come to you this morning. Well, there may be some here this morning that don't know Jesus Christ their Savior. I pray that they'd come. Let us take a Bible, show them how to be saved so that they can know that they're going to heaven one day. They don't know what tomorrow holds. They may not be alive tomorrow. It doesn't matter what their age is. Young and old die every day. Lord, I pray that they would see something in us just like the people seen in this man that they couldn't deny that Jesus Christ had made a change in his life. Yes, it was a physical change. That was so the people could see what the hand of God could do physically. But there was a spiritual change as he began to glorify God and magnify the Lord. Lord, I pray that every Christian here would find that we need as that man to glorify the Lord and magnify the Lord for the great and mighty things he's done and the change that he has made in our lives that no man could deny that there's been a change. Have your will and way in this invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning?